thank you so much for, for doing so. And I, I want to give a big hand to Holly Dykes. You don't see her, but Holly Dykes leads this ministry. Thank you, Holly, for your faithfulness. She is an amazing lady, and she loves the Lord, and you can see that by the fruit of, of the work that she's doing. Um, I would like to pass out a, a packet to everybody right now, because we are going to start a, uh, a series, a church-wide campaign. Go ahead and pass them out. Uh, it's called R1K, and about five years ago, actually but three years ago, in 2020, uh, the Lord impressed on our hearts for us to, to uh, do everything that we could because he would do his part for us to do our part to, to set out to reach 1,000 people that were either far from God or maybe had been hurt in the church and they, were not, uh, they had not been uh, you know, walking with the Lord and for us to do what we could to reach them. And so the R1K... Is, uh, is stands for Reach 1000. And really what you're doing is you're leaving a legacy. You, you're leaving something for, for someone that's going to be coming after you. And we'll be talking about that today. And if you're new with us or maybe you're watching online and, and you're with us, uh, I don't want you to feel any pressure as we talk about generosity for the next three weeks. And we talk about the collective uh, efforts that we do together so that we can uh, do the things of God, which was exemplified. It happened last Sunday. Amen. We closed the doors of the building and we opened up our what? Our hearts by being the hands and feet of Jesus. And so there's, there's tangible things that each of us can do uh, so that we can let the world around us that, are, that don't know the Lord, for them to know that we really care about them. Amen? And, and that's what Jesus did. Uh, you know, the people that are in our streets or coming down Highway 77 that are not in church, they don't care how much you know about the Bible until they know how much you care about their lives. And so we are, we're intentional about letting the Lord direct us in, in being the hands and feet of, of Jesus. So as we look at R1K, um, I want you to think about how do, how do you leave your legacy? Because we're going to be talking about legacy today. How many of you realize this, that you will take nothing with you when you die? How do I know that as a pastor? I do a lot of memorial services. I do a lot of funerals. And no one has ever taken anything with him. So from the day you're born until the day you die, you are a steward of the, of the blessings that God has bestowed on each of us. Amen? And you're, you're going to live in two mindsets. You're going to live in the mindset of, look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. I've, have, I've worked hard. I, I've done this. I've accomplished all these things. And look at me. Well, I sat with a guy at his deathbed. He, he died two days after this conversation that I had with him. He had done very well. I had to go in through two gates to go into his, uh, into his home. And he, was, uh, he said, Pastor, I didn't take any, um, any pain pills. I am in the last stages of cancer. I'm at the gates of death, and I'm very scared. As you see, I've done very well in my life. He said, but I never did enough for God. And I know I'm going to be facing God, and I, um, I, I, I don't know if I'm right. And I said, well, there's nothing you can do to make yourself right with God. Jesus did everything that you need so that you could be right with, with your Father in heaven. And so he, he cried, and he said, I, I need Jesus 
today and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And I know without a shadow of a doubt because his faith in Jesus saved his soul and he's in the presence of God right now. But, but also my takeaway was you can acquire a lot of wealth. And can I tell you, for, for us who are United States citizens, we're very blessed. Even if you are lower middle class or even poor, you're not poor compared to the, the, the mass majority in the world. And so, so with the blessings that God has bestowed on us, we can, we can pay it forward. We can, we can make a difference. And that's what leaving a legacy is all about. Now, about 10, 12 years ago, we set out uh, to get out of debt at Living Word Chapel. We have two campuses. Both campuses are out of debt. And, and we, we were very intentional, and we began to move in that direction. And we, we by the grace of God, by the, by the generosity of everybody, we, 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 did, we did just that. And, uh, and so we live in that mentality that we want to do everything that we do without any, any debt. So we don't want to get a big loan because anytime you get a loan, then you got the pressure. Amen? My preaching will change if I have a lot of debt because I won't want to get anyone mad. But can I tell you something? I would rather, I would rather uh, for the Lord to be pleased with me than for you to be pleased with me. And so as you know, I preach things, I preach things that sometimes may, may, may hit you in a place that it might not make you happy. But God doesn't care about your happiness. God cares about your holiness. And so Jesus came to, to, to get us right with the Father for us to begin to move on, on, on in his purposes and his plan. And as we do that, then every, every church is going to have a culture. My prayer is that this culture that we have at Living Word Chapel is a church of a, that we love people, but we love God. And, and, and we're a church that, that we, uh, we, we love and we're empowered and we're transformed by and with the Living Word. So the Living Word is our guide as we, as we go forward. So, so that being said, we're intentional about not having any debt. So everything we do... We do it through our generosity. So last year, we had some, some big things that we wanted to do. One of the things that we wanted to do was launch an after-school program. Because I believe that if we don't change the direction of where our young people are going, we're going to lose a generation. They can't even figure out what gender they are. They can't figure out what's truth. You know, they, they, they can't figure out these things. But, but God's word, first of all, God's not, he's not confused about what gender we are. He made us male or female. Amen? And, and God's not confused about marriage. Marriage is between one man and one woman. We talked about that. We did a whole series on, on what the truth about marriage this year. And so as we, we see those realities, we, we want to hold on to the tenants. So, so this after-school program that, that, we're, that we launched this past year with the efforts of R1K, it staffs part-time three, three, three different individuals. So your generosity actually staffs three different individuals that God is raising up to be leaders, leaders in this generation. And pouring into young people. And then we have a lot of volunteers that, are, that, are, that come alongside and they help. And it's amazing. In fact, we're going to have a presentation from our after-school program at the end of this message. 
And so it's just it's wonderful to see. We also la launched a cafe or a coffee shop in the Copper Corridor because we believe that Jesus and coffee go together. My wife says that anyways. In fact, there's a Bible, uh, there's a Bible book that's named, that gives us confirmation. It says Hebrews. And, and so, so we started this, this online campus. I'm sorry, we started this, that's next. We, we started this cafe in Kearney and they were kind of, you know, apprehensive and they were just wondering, you know, what's gonna happen? Well, this cafe has been a big hit. And so many young families are going there and they just, they, they, the, the preaching's okay, but they love the coffee. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They love the preaching because the word of God is, is being preached. And, and so we were able to, to do this online campus. I mean, this online campus. This, I'm getting there. My brain is like in, going ahead of me. We were able to do this, this coffee shop and all debt free, this renovation. It's, it's beautiful and it's because of your generosity. And then we, we launched uh, our online campus. This, we did this in 2020, and uh, we've continued to, to revamp it, to make it better every year. And, and so it was because of your generosity. Well, there's, there's hundreds of people that watch online. There's thousands of people that are impacted through our social media feeds, and it's because of, of generosity. It's because of, of what you guys have done. And I want you to think about this. You are leaving a legacy. You're leaving something for the next generation. And think about that word, legacy. It could be uh, to leave an amount of money to someone. A legacy could be leaving a piece of property <coughs> that you've inherited for someone or from someone. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Shauna and I were, were benefactors. Um, Shauna's grandparents, her, her grandfather, uh, bought a lot of property in, in, in this metropolis called Lordsburg, New Mexico. <laughs> so we had this property for, for forever, and, and that was her inheritance. And in the last maybe three or four years, you know, there's been some things that have happened in, in the big city of Lordsburg and, and uh, there's some promising things happening in, in, even in our home because of the, the legacy that was left for Shauna. And we're, we're, we're very thankful for the hard work of her, her grandfather and the stewardship of her father that has now been passed on to, to, to Shauna. And I said to her, I said, babe, this is, this is what, what they left for you and, and I am very thankful and I'm gonna do everything I can for, for you to to be blessed because of the legacy that was left by your, your, your uh, grandpa. Here's, here's, here's how Proverbs puts it. Proverbs 13, 22, 22 says, a good man, let's just say a good person, leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It, it's, it's something of value that you leave for those who come after you. How many of you want for your children to be taken care of? How many of you want your grandchildren to be taken care of? Can I tell you something? I want my grandchildren to be taken care of more than my children. 
If I knew how good grandchildren would be, I would have skipped the children. <laughs> Especially in their teenage and young adult years, and I would have had my grandchildren. But we can all make an investment. And I want you to think about the three investments, because we're going to be talking about investments that we can leave. There's an investment called time. Every minute is a gift from God. Every breath that you'll take this morning is a gift from God. I talked to someone before the, the service. I'm not going to name any names. And he said, you know, Pastor, I've had, I've had uh, a stroke recently. I've had many strokes. And I said, you know, my dad had many strokes. And at the, you know, latter part of his life, you know, he was going through, through different adversity. But even through adversity, every minute that you have that you're able to be here is a gift from God. And you're a gift from God. Every person that's here, your, your time is valuable. What you do with your time speaks about who you are. Did you know that? So you investing time into hearing the word of God is worship. You investing your time into, into singing some songs of, of praise. See, we don't come to listen to, to good singers, even though they are wonderful singers, wonderful musicians. We come here to worship the living God. And so it, it's the time that we use. It's, it, it's what, what time, what are you going to do with your time and how are you going to leave that to those that are coming after you? How about talent? Every person has been gifted with talent. And your talent is, is designed to make the world a better place. Every one of us, we, we went out into our communities last week and we used our talent to make the world a better place. Music. Someone came to me uh, uh, at the start of the service and said, Pastor, I want to serve. What do I, who do I talk to about wanting, wanting to serve here at the church? He, what he's saying is I want to use my talent to, to make a difference. Now, let me, let me say something that's important, beloved. You were not made to come to church from the onset of your, when you start, the genesis of when you start coming until the end, say years later, to come and sit on a pew. You were, you were brought here so that God could pour into you, so you could pour into others. Amen? You, you use your talent to make a difference for the glory of God. And, and the last thing that, that God gives us that we can invest is treasure. From the day you're born until the day you die, God's treasure goes in and through our hands. And he continually gives to us so that we can fulfill his purposes. Amen? So you're either, a, you're either in here and you're a closed-hand Christian. That means everything is mine. Or you're an open-hand Christian. And you understand that everything is his. Now, closed-hand Christians, you, 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 you hold your hand so tight that he can't bless you so you can be a blessing to others. Amen? Open-hand Christians, you open up your hands to the goodness of God you become a good steward of what he's given you, but you're also generous with that. And as long as you do that, he continues to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. Very, very important for us 
to grab a hold of. God cares when we pay it forward. That's what a legacy is. It's paying the goodness of God forward. It's, it's realizing that our time, our talent, and our treasure makes a difference in the lives of those who come after us. I want for my life to count. I want for my breath to count for something. I, I want for my actions to, to, to count for something. I want for the, 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 the monetary blessings that God has bestowed on my life for them to just go on and, and, and further his work and his glory. And there's a, there's a, there's a, um, a verse in the narrative of scriptures and in the book of Acts, Peter preaches his first sermon, 3,000 people come to Jesus, they give their life to Christ. And in that, in that sermon that he's preaching before they all get baptized, uh, this is what, what, what Peter spoke about this guy named David. King David was a king of Israel, and he was a great man for God. And this is, this is what, what, what Peter said about David. David served God's purpose in his own generation. And then he died. That's a profound statement right there. David served God's purposes in his own generation because there's an end of your life. I want you to know something, beloved. You were born in this generation. You were born for such a time as this, not so that you could be scared about what's going on, so that you could tap into the goodness of God. So you could tap into the courage of God. I, 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 as I pan the audience, I, I, I stop right here Two of our, our, our beloved brother and sister in Christ, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Budkeys just, just got back. Chris and Terry, they got back from India where they went and they poured their hearts out into the people from India. And, and many Hindus and those people were impacted because of Jesus working through them. They just got back. They're serving God's purpose in, in, in their own generation. Understanding that there's so much that we can do for the glory of God. Now, when I look at David's life, I, I understand this. And I want, I want you to get some takeaways. Here's the first takeaway. The first thing is we learn from David's life is David did not do it alone. Tell someone you need somebody in your life. You need somebody in your life. Tell someone we're better together. Tell someone. We're better together. Tell your neighbor, we're better together. Right? Amen. So, so, so David's legacy was accomplished with the help of others. And, and I am convinced that, that God's purposes are meant to be accomplished with the help of others in our life. David was a great man of God, but David made a lot of boneheaded decisions. Some of us fall in that category, amen? Yeah. I am, I am perfectly fine from, the, from when I'm sleeping. But when I wake up in the morning, there's a potential I'm going to make a boneheaded decision. But there was this guy named Nathan. He was a prophet. And, and he confronted David, when, when he'd stray and he would, he would 
bring them back to center. He would bring them back to, 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 to the place where, of restoration. In, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1, it says that the Lord sent Nathan to David. And David needed, he needed Nathan to keep him honest. He needed Nathan to keep him accountable. How many of you, when, when, when you hear a, a sermon, it speaks to your heart? And it, it kind of redirects you. Maybe you're headed in the wrong direction, but a sermon, it redirects you in the right direction. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. Can I tell you that every time I put a sermon together, he's redirecting me first? That the, the Holy Spirit is speaking to, to my life. He's speaking to my heart. And, and, and so as, and I have other people in my life that they, that they come and, and they stand with me and they, and they tell me the things that I need to hear, not the things that I want to hear. And so you have to have a circle of people around you that are going to be good for you. They're going to be benefiting your life. David had these, these mighty men in his life, and, and it tells us about them in the scriptures. We find in, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 28, I mean 23, it says, these are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was uh, Joshua Beam, the Hackmanite, who was the leader of, of these three uh, mighty men. The three mightiest warriors among David's men, he, he once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. So he's a bad dude. That, that's someone that we want in our corner, amen? You need someone in your corner who's not afraid of the enemy. You, you need someone in your life that's gonna stand against the wiles of the devil. Next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Dodai, a descendant of, of Ahoa. Once Eleazar and David stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled. Let's pause right there. Have you ever had anyone in your life that they say, I'm, I'm behind you, I'm with you, and then they're gone? I, I have had this in my life. Pastor, we are, I am your armor bearer. I will stand with you no matter what goes on. Two weeks later, they're gone. But have you ever had people that are in your life and they stand true? And no matter what you're going through, they're there for you? That, that's the kind of man that Eleazar was, okay? He killed, he killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to, to lift his sword. And the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. You ever had people in your life? You know, hey, we're right, we're right behind you, pastor. Whatever you want to do, well, well, let's do a, let's do a, uh, uh, let's renovate. Let's build a building. Okay, we're right behind you. 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 Oh, you're done. Oh, you're done. Yay, look what we did together. But then you have. But then you have those people in your corner and they stand right by your side. And they say, no matter what, listen, I'll pick up a hammer. I'll pick up these nails. Whatever we can do for your glory, we're going to do it. Next in rank was Shama, son of Agi from Harar. 
One time the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. And the Israelite army fled, but Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. And let me tell you something, that if God is for you, there is no one who will be against you. You need to know this, beloved, that, that each one of you is very special in the eyes of God, but he wants you to stand up against the enemy. He wants you to leave a legacy of courage. He wants you to leave a legacy of faith, that you're trusting the one who's faithful, and his name is Jesus Christ. And no matter what you're facing, you can, you can overcome, right, because of, because of the Lord. Now, each one of these men had a very special and unique talent. Each one of them was strengthened by the Almighty. And there's some of you in here that you have a very specific, unique talent that we need for the glory of God. We need for you to rise up. We need for you to stand up. We need for you to be used, not just for the things of the world, but the things of God. For you to be able to, to, to move forward and, and, and move the, 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 the church, which is the ecclesia, the, the people of God. The church is not a building. The church is not, is not a denomination. The church is the called out people of God who've been called out for a specific purpose. And the purpose that we've been called out is to bring glory to Jesus. And that's what we do. There's a lot of mighty men and a lot of mighty women that, that were out doing the work of God Last Sunday, I got this uh, testimony from somebody. They sent an email, and they said this. It's, it's, it was our, um, our, our maintenance director, John Clevenstein, and he said this. When I walked into the sanctuary in the Copper Corridor campus in Kearney, I was overwhelmed with all the, the sisters ready to go, machines all lined up, and their consolidated knowledge and what a blessing that all, had, that, that all I had to do was express what we needed and the recommendation from Janet Walker. And they were off to the races. They were awesome in their service. Cliff and Rick were also great and took a great load off of my shoulders. The beginning was a little back and forth to answer all the questions. But after that, I was the expeditor. God bless the Curtain team and everyone else who served in his service. And so it was amazing that they had a, they had a Curtain uh, uh, job that they did there at the Copper Corridor campus. And to see all the ladies that were lined up with their sewing machines, and it was like they were smoking. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is that they put their talents together collectively for the glory of God, and it's just beautiful. The Apostle Paul wrote this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory, where? In the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And, and so... It, when we put everybody together just at that place, just in the copper basin, it was, there was an image of us taking a picture and we're all pointing our fingers up to, to Jesus and it just blessed my heart. Look at that. That's a copper corridor campus. Can we give God a big hand? Ain't that amazing? 
you see, we all need people in our lives who will make our legacy better. Because you and I were created to leave a legacy together. Because everything that we accomplish, we will accomplish exponentially more when we do it together. I can do things, but I'm limited. But when we do it together, we can do things that only God would allow us to do. Amen? So I've been uh, the lead pastor here at Living Word Chapel for 17 years. And before that, I was uh, the associate pastor for nine years. Now, you, you need to understand that uh, when, when, when I came to the church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something different right now because I just feel like it. And I know we're online, so if you can't see me online, then just pretend you see me up there behind that table. <laughs> and so when I walked in the doors of the church, this vato, you know, from the south side, south side, I, I came in the, the doors of the church and I sat at the very back. Let's go over Italy. Thank you, Mia. We just, we just recently did chance in Italy's wedding and we were so happy. Give, give them a big hand. They're still in their honeymoon. They're hugging each other. They're just loving. So I sat way back here, right? And I was like, I could never see myself in front of that table. But what was coming from, from that platform, it changed my heart. They were preaching the word of God and God began to just do a work in me that I, I everything that they were saying was speaking right to my heart because I was lost. I was broken. My marriage was a mess. And they started talking about this, this Jesus that could save you as an individual. And when you're saved as an individual, you become a pretty good marriage person. You become pretty good in, in, in a husband or a wife. And so God began to do all these things, okay? So then he began to give me a love for his word. I opened up the Bible. I started reading the Bible. And the word began to change me from the inside out. God doesn't care about what's on the outside. He cares about what's on the inside. And so God began to do this restoration in my life. And then he, he placed this desire for me to, to possibly go into ministry. Now, you need to understand this. Some of you guys know this. Some of you don't. The only class, I played sports growing up, went to college on a scholarship, you know. Uh, and, and so I, I love I loved sports. But I had this class, this class from hell. And the class was public speaking. I was scared to death to talk in front of people. And so the only class that I was ineligible with my whole high school career was this public speaking class. Two weeks in a row, I would not go up and give a speech. And so, so the, my coach, I remember him, Pops, Pops Renteria, he got me outside of, uh, outside of the, the, the classroom. Son of Greg. It was Greg's birthday. Just give Greg a big hand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he got me outside of class and he said, Reese, I don't care what you say. You go into that classroom and you talk and you give a speech. So I went in there and I gave this speech. I don't even remember what it was. It was horrible probably, but I gave it. And so I did that. So the biggest fear that I had was public speaking. So I'm sitting in the back. When I came to church, you can sit down, bro, if you want. Unless you want to stand with me, Greg. So I'll sit in the back and I come to the Lord and he, uh, he began to put this desire in me to, to read the word, to know the word, which is what everybody should, should be doing. Amen? Amen? We should all be people of the word, okay? 
But how many of you know that God has a sense of humor? And he was laughing because he was going to say, one of these days you're going to be up there speaking. So for nine years, I was the associate pastor. He was getting, getting, a, getting me ready for being the, the lead pastor. And he began to allow me to speak. But in those nine years, I sat under a very, very amazing man of God. His name was Bob Cannon. And I love Pastor Bob. He, made such a, he, he left a legacy in my, in my life. He poured into me and made me the, a better man. But in those nine years, we baptized 75 people. Amen. We baptized 75 people. And can I tell you that that wasn't him alone or that wasn't me alone. That was everybody that was bringing people to Jesus. And I, I think baptism is vital because baptism actually is telling everybody I'm a follower of Jesus. Amen. Right? So then I became the lead pastor. And for 17 years. And in those 17 years, we baptized over 400 people for the glory of God. <laughs> to the totality of 511 people have been baptized in the ministry that God entrusted into my hands. Now, I didn't do that alone. We did it. God did it. And, and, and the, the reality is that he takes something that you think you could never do and d turns it into something that only he can do. Are you with me? And he's not done with me yet. And he's not done with you yet. It's not me, it's we. It's what we're going to do for his glory. And, and some of you came because a neighbor invited you. Some of you came because a friend invited you. Can I tell you, you came because God had a plan. Amen. You see, God had a plan in my life whenever Shauna said to me, hey, do you want to go to church with me? And I was like, we used to fight about church. I was raised Roman Catholic. She was raised Baptist. We were like, like water and oil. But then God said to me, put religion aside and try Jesus. And I'll tell you this right now, put religion aside and try Jesus. And what Jesus can do in you is amazing. It's what only God can do in our lives. And, and so we talk about, you know, moving forward and, and, and collectively doing things for the glory of God. We will see God do greater things. But we'll do it Together, And what you need to understand, the, the second takeaway is this, is that David did not do it perfectly. If there's someone in here who's perfect, please stand up. There ain't nobody. The only, the only perfect one here is Jesus. And we want to keep it that way. We, we want to keep it that, 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 that we put our hope in him. And so maybe you're here today and you've blown it in, 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 in your life. And maybe you blew it this week or even today. Can I tell you, you're not alone. You're in good company. David is a perfect example of how God uses imperfect people to fulfill his work. And if you think that you're going to serve God's purposes perfectly, you're in for a rude awakening. 
And if there's someone teaching you that you have to be perfect to do something for God, they are lying because they aren't perfect themselves. And there's no one who served the Father's purpose and the Father's purposes perfectly except for one. And he's at the right hand of the throne. His name is Jesus Christ. You need to know that your legacy and my legacy will not be spotless. It it will not be without error. It will not be without taking some wrong turns. John wrote this, the Apostle John in 1 John 1.8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But the amazing thing is that despite our imperfections, God chooses to allow us to partner with him and accomplish his work. David had an affair with Bathsheba, and then he had her husband put on the front line in the fiercest battle where he would be killed. But when we see his legacy, the apostle Peter did not say that that uh, David put Uriah on the front line. He didn't say he had an affair. He didn't say any of that. What he said is that David served God's purpose in his own generation. God's not looking at your failures. He's looking at the perfection of Christ working in you and through you so that he can make you the person that you could never be without him. Amen? So, so the legacy that we leave at Living Word Chapel is a legacy that is a reflection of the grace of God. It's God's grace that leads us to do what we do. Here's the third thing that we learn from the legacy of David. David left a legacy with a heart for God. And I'm going to tell you something that a legacy is always left with a heart that cares and is passionate. In in other words, your legacy is a heart issue. God God spoke uh, to King Saul about David. He said this, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people. He was looking for the right heart to do the job for him. He's looking for the right heart in here. He's not looking for you to be perfect. You can't be perfect. He's proved that through Jesus. But he's looking for hearts that are being shaped by God. You have a passion to make a difference in your neighborhood. You want to make a difference in your family. You want to make a difference in your community. You want to make a difference in your world. Let me tell you, that's the heart he's looking for. He's not looking for hearts that are going to come on Sunday morning just to hear a message and leave here without being changed in any way. He's looking for hearts that that are looking to make a difference for the glory of God. You'll never leave a legacy until your heart's changed. You'll never leave a legacy when, when money has your heart. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, That's where your heart is also going to be. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Ain't that crazy that Jesus uses money as something that can turn you away from God? 
we understand that, that, that money is amoral. In other words, it's neither moral or immoral. Money will do whatever your heart tells it to do. I say this a lot. I say the same $20 bill that, that can go to a topless bar can end up in a church. That, that same $20 bill that can fund a drug deal can fund a ministry in India. Money doesn't care what you do with it. It's your heart that does it. Amen? And, and as, we, as we prepare ourselves to leave here this morning, where's your heart? Where's your heart taking you? Because that's going to determine your legacy. Forget about the money. Forget about your talent. Forget about the time. Let's end with this. Where is your heart? If it's for Jesus, let's do something about it. Let's use our time for Jesus things. Let's use our talent for the glory of Christ. And let's use our, our treasure for his, his glory. I, wanna, I want us to close with an action step. If you're here this morning and the Lord has spoken to your, to your heart, I'm going to do something because we have a really wonderful thing coming up, but I got to I got to wrap it up. I'm going to I'm going to move this aside. Oh, stay there, water, stay there. So God's been ministering to to our hearts, or not been ministering to, but maybe God's ministered to your heart, and this morning you want to take an action step and saying, "I'm giving my heart." and my life to Jesus. If that's you today, just stand up. Just saying, I'm, I'm giving my heart to the purposes of God today. Just stand up. If that's you. Just say, I'm giving my heart, because God will meet you there. I'm giving my heart to the purposes of Jesus today. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit's already moving. How do I know that? Because he's done that in my life. So everyone that is standing up, God is already moving in your heart to start his purposes in the days to come. And the results are going to be amazing because they're going to be God results, not people results. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus over every person standing, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that your presence will be so real that you will begin to work like only you can work. Lord, money, time, and treasure, Lord God, they're irrelevant without you. We burn through our money. We abuse our talents. 
And Lord, we waste our time. But when you're a part of that, Lord, when you're the greatest part, every minute counts. Every gift glorifies your name. And every treasure that you give us makes a difference in someone's life. So I pray your blessing upon every person in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said a big amen. amen. And amen. You may be seated. And we have the after-school program. It's amazing, guys. We have the after-school program that's going to come up right now, and they're going to do a special for us. So give them a big hand as they come up. Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic to stand, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please join me in the Pledge to the Christian Flag. I pledge allegiance to the Christian Flag and to the Savior whose kingdom it stands, one brotherhood uniting all Christians in service and in love. May you please join us to sing God Bless America. <laughs> <laughs> 